This is Archive Atlanta, episode 181, Tattooing. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week's mini episode is all about tattoos. In modern history, Atlanta is kind of known as the epicenter of black tattoo artists. And while I will share a tiny bit of that story towards the end, I was looking to see how far back our story with tattooing went. And surprisingly, it was not very far. And it was centered around one man and one shop. And a lot of this information comes from the newspaper interviewing him every couple years because I guess it, it was kind of an oddity that we had one tattoo shop in Atlanta. Now, before we get into the Atlanta story, I want to give you some early history about tattoos to kind of set the stage. Ancient Egypt was the first written history of tattooing, and in that society, it was done solely on women. Tattooing instruments have been discovered that date back to even 38,000 BC, and there are mummies with tattoos. It was white missionaries to Polynesia that began getting tattooed there, and then they brought that practice to America and Europe, and sailors began getting tattooed overseas in the 1780s. By 1846, there was a man named Martin Hildebrandt who became the first professional tattoo artist in the United States. Um, He worked out of New York City, and he tattooed many Union and Confederate soldiers, and that was the first group of military men that made tattoos socially acceptable as a way to honor family and home. There was also the circus sideshow aspect of tattooing, which had women like Betty Broadbent and Artoria Gibbons, um, and P.T. Barnum Circus had a lot of tattooed people. Again, normally these were looked at as kind of sideshows and freaks, and people would pay money to see these quote-unquote oddities, but it was still part of the tattoo history. All of this tattooing that I've talked about was done by hand, but the invention of the electric tattoo machine in 1891 would change everything. The patent holder was named Samuel O'Reilly, who was credited with introducing America to the art of tattooing and also bringing the Japanese style to the U.S. The first people who were tattoo artists in the U.S. were typically sign painters, and some learned in carnivals and circuses. So I was surprised to learn that women were tattooing makeup as early as the 1900s, and then during World War I, 90% of military men were tattooed. The era between the two world wars is actually considered the golden age of tattooing. And then by the 1930s, because we're in the midst of the Great Depression, tattoos are seen as a frivolous luxury, so they're kind of looked down upon. In the early and then post-World War II society, tattoos were thought of as undesirable. So then they become like not mainstream. Um, Most tattoo parlors are located like in really bad parts of town or near train stations or bus stations. And that is exactly where Atlanta's first tattoo shop was. The first mention of a tattoo shop that I found in Atlanta was from 1941. Alvin A. Weeks was a native of Ellijay. He was a son of farmers, and he had been in business at this point for 10 years. So he operated a very tiny shop. It was six foot by 15 feet, um, doing lettering and nameplates. And so he was right next to the Greyhound bus terminal, which doesn't stand anymore. But you could go inside, you could order a nameplate, you could get something lettered, or you could order a sign. By 1951, the Constitution interviewed him for an article, and he speaks about current tattoo trends, which were names. He also said leopards were hot, and many women were tattooing the names of husbands that they lost in the World War. 
What Alvin didn't share with the reporter is that he was also counterfeiting money in here. So that same year, he was arrested for having three engraved printing plates, negatives, and a pattern $20 bill. Now, he didn't go to jail. He was continuing to work, and he actually, for a short time, was tattooing from a house trailer being described at the intersection of Kane and William Streets. Another article in 1954 says the majority of Alvin's work was makeup and original art. So he had just tattooed a 70-year-old woman from Columbus with rosy cheeks. And he spoke about tattooing as an art form. Um, he says, quote, I've seen tattoos that were prettier than oil paintings, end quote. He speaks about trying to get away from the old stereotype stuff, the hearts, the flowers, the eagles, and that he had perfected the snake looking like it's going through the arm. He also says that one third of his customer base were women. They actually liked patriotic designs like an eagle and a heart. And they used to have the hearts with like the little dagger and the sweetheart's name at the bottom. In 1958, Marlboro Cigarettes released a print ad showing like a very rugged man with a cowboy-ish hat on holding a pack of cigarettes. And then in the frame, part of his hand is showing and there's a tattoo on the back of his hand. And this created like a tattoo bonanza in the US. And so Alvin talks about this. He said a customer is kind of running in to find his little shop behind the bus station. Um, at that point, he was doing everything freehand. And a four to five hour color tattoo began at $50. Marines and paratroopers were getting the most tattoos compared to other branches of the military. And then Alvin shared that the most popular design for men was a Black Panther up the arm, and for women, it was still the red heart with an arrow. So now we're up to 1961, and Alvin Weeks is still the only tattoo shop in Atlanta, and now it's located at 53 Fairley Street. Most of his work at this time was removals, which he was charging $15 to take off. And this confused me a bit because I was like, what? Like, how is he taking off tattoos? So I dug into this history of tattoo removal before lasers. And let me tell you, doesn't sound pleasant. So laser removal was quote unquote invented, for lack of a better word, in 1967. And so before that, what they would do is either use an abrasive substance to scrape down the top layers of skin to get off the pigment. Sometimes they use chemicals like tannic acid and silver nitrate um, and then some other solutions that cause burns and disfigured people. Um, I also read that they would like blow up the skin or something and cut it off. So they were almost doing like crude skin grafts. Some people froze the tattoo with cryogenics um, and then did microdermabrasion. Just all things that don't sound pleasant, but apparently a booming business. So four years later, 1965, the Constitution comes back and checks in with Alvin, and he says he's turned to religion. So while he still removes tattoos, he does not ink new ones, and he's added jewelry sales, watch repair, and faith healing to his repertoire. So he actually started running a church out of the little shop on Fairley. He had prayer services every night, and that's the last we hear of Alvin Weeks. He died in 1972, and he's buried at Crestlawn Cemetery. So as I mentioned briefly at the start of the episode, Atlanta became the mecca of black tattooing and tattoo artists in the 1990s. There was an amazing research paper I found online um, written by, I think it was a GSU student. I'm going to put a link in the show notes because it covers 
lots of history, entire sections on Atlanta. But to summarize, um, West End Tattoo, I think it was the one, was opened in 1995 by Julia Alfonso. She was a white woman, also a biker, part of a uh, motorcycle club. And so even though she was white, she catered to black clientele and she trained many black artists out of that shop over the years. So today she's kind of considered the, one of the mothers of black tattoo culture. She retired in 2000. She sold the shop to uh, Tyrone Cooley, who closed the shop in 2015, but reopened it as Tri-Cities Tattoo. So there you have it, the very short story of tattooing in Atlanta. Like I said, I don't normally talk about the 90s, but I'm going to put a link in the in the show notes to this paper so you guys can read more about it. If you know of any other things from history, especially from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, I would love to hear it. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. There's a Patreon link in the show notes if you want to support the work. Hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.